0: Sasswut is a podcast about Bigfoot. It's recorded for the skeptics, the believers, the knowers, and those who just have a casual interest in the subject. For more information, visit SASWAT.com. This is Saswa, a podcast about Bigfoot. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Seth Breedlove. I'm joined tonight by my pal, Mark Matske.
1: Greetings from southeast Ohio, where it's unseasonably warm and not feeling like Christmas time quite yet.
0: I was just going to add that. And I just saw that the um, weather forecast is calling for 50, I want to say like 57 and raining on Christmas right now.
1: Yeah, I down here they're talking 60s so that sounds about right
0: yeah that's not appealing to me at all It's <laughs> very strange yeah um <laughs> boy <laughs> so anyway um this week uh is going to be an unusual show for us we had originally planned on basically doing the united kingdom bigfoot part two but due to a couple factors this is going to be more like a reader mailbag episode and um Possibly just us chatting a little bit about the letters and then and then signing off. So, um, I should mention from from after this show, we are going to be on a slight hiatus until the new year. I think is what we're looking at currently. So, because of the holiday coming up next week and then the week after, um, I'm going to be utilizing all this downtime to pretty much work on. Uh, Whitehall, and we've got to start pre-production on Boggy Creek, so I've got a lot of work coming in, and um, I know Mark has big, big things coming up as well. Yeah, Including uh, joining the Small Town Monsters team in some capacity, which we'll I'm sure talk about a little later closer to the uh, Boggy Creek Kickstarter launch and all that stuff. So, But yeah, uh, this is just a fair warning. We're going to be on a bit of a downtime from uh, this episode after this episode. You won't hear from us again until sometime in 2016, right at the beginning. I mean, like, first, I'm not saying we're not going to show up until, like, March 2016, but we <laughs> will be back. We'll, tr- we'll attempt to be back by the first week of 2016. Um, we got a huge amount of uh, response to the United Kingdom Bigfoot episode, probably our most... Uh, talked about episode apparently which is funny cuz the download numbers on it aren't huge. Um I mean it's it's you know it's about average for us but it wasn't like mm-hmm. over over the moon or anything but we 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 had a very active Facebook uh con- c- c- I guess discussion going on which I deleted uh for a couple of reasons. Discussion <laughs> yeah
1: discussions That's, one word. Yeah it's one word yes.
0: Um, so, so that's gone. Uh, so don't bother going to look for that, but I did, (laughs) (laughs) I did repost, uh, the episode on there and, uh, we, there was more discussion pretty quickly. Uh, nothing crazy, but, um, the, the, yeah, the response has been pretty huge. Now we are going to get into the response to that episode, but before we do that, I have to mention the fact that One of the negatives about the United Kingdom Bigfoot episode is that uh, Mark and I are closed-minded bigots against against the United (laughs) Kingdom Bigfoot. And this could not be further from the truth. I have no real opinion one way or the other um, on the – well, I kind of do. But I'm saying – like I'm still undereducated on this subject, so I would never attempt to tell someone to – take what I am saying at face value or actually put any stock in what I'm saying at all, um, ever, in life, in general. That is a good rule <laughs> when it comes
1: to Seth Breedlove speaking to you. Um, oh, my goodness. So Yeah, I mean, it was shocking to me in, in some ways because I thought that towards the end of that episode, we were pretty, um, you know, I don't know, self-revealing mm-hmm. in that we didn't know much. Yeah. And, and basically implored our listeners particularly those uh in Great Britain and the United Kingdom to help us find out more i don't know how how that could have been misconstrued but evidently i don't know it maybe was. it's just my overall demeanor
0: <laughs> yeah you're pretty yeah you come across very Strident. snooty Mark. i know
1: i know um A little fancy but uh
0: I'm trying yeah. to I'm trying to pull this up here we so we there there is a group based out of uh, the UK called the British Bigfoot research um, and you can find them on Facebook but they are uh, very active looking for Bigfoot in the UK and they did leave comments uh, on the Facebook group saying that or on our Facebook page saying that there is good evidence for um Bigfoot in the UK so I do want to see that and if they're listening feel free to send in whatever your evidence is and we'll talk about it on the show I had implored them to send in an email or something before we even recorded the show so we could talk about it on on air in addition to the emails we got because that's what I was kind of leading up to is the disclaimer Um, Mark and I still are where we were on the last episode basically undereducated on the subject and simply letting people from the area or people who have some sort of opinion on the matter speak up um and most of the people that spoke up if not all the people that spoke up came down very uh anti bigfoot in the UK so this has nothing to do with us we're just simply reading you know emails and stuff from from listeners and and actually there was A plethora of negative comments, not negative, but uh, skeptical comments on the Facebook page, and I deleted those without thinking of grabbing them beforehand. So anyone that left a comment on there that wanted me to read it on the show or whatever, feel free to just email it to saswatmail at gmail.com, and we'll... Revisit this at some point Although after this I'm probably going to be good On the UK Bigfoot for a little while Because I'm sure we'll get some backlash on this one too um, So we, we We got a bunch of emails We're going to read these again I, If you're pro Bigfoot in the UK Don't take this as some sort of Slight against you It's not. These are simply people's opinions And everyone's entitled to their opinion If, you're, if your opinion Is pro Bigfoot in the UK Let us know why because I do want to know you know what you have to say about it I do I do know that, that a lot of the people trumpeted or echoed kind of what I said originally which it was it didn't seem like there's a ton of forest land over there for these things to hide in and um, I think some of these emails talk about that too but I, the reason I brought that up is I know at least two of the comments on the Facebook page were basically just saying that as well so um, our first email uh, you want to read this one from George Theodosius um, who also wrote in, I think, on the U.K. Didn't we read? Yeah, yeah. We read George's yes. email. Yes, let do you me see. Do you have that one in front of you? Um, you might not. I've got to give you access
1: to the email account so I don't have to forward you these. Yeah, I've got...
0: I'll read no, George's. I don't
1: think I have George's right in front of me. All right, this is from George. I have Andy's. When we get to Andy, I'll read that
0: one. Okay, this is from George. So here are a few points about the U.K., Firstly, you were right to be confused about what a forest is here. An area can still be called a forest because one was there at some point. For example, near where I live, you will pass signs that you are entering Rockingham Forest. But if you look around, all you see is farmland and villages. Over the years, the forest shrank, and today only a patchwork of the northeastern forest remains. Yet the area is still named a forest. And then he links us to the Wikipedia page for Rockingham Forest. Secondly... The common misconception is that the big cats that roam the English countryside are black. That is what I thought up to the point that I saw a big cat that was tan in color, which I have written to you about before. Next, there are not only reports of Bigfoot sightings, but also of werewolves in places like Lincolnshire and Kennock Chase... They sound a lot like Dogman reports. He links us to a Monster USA blog spot post on Duke Werewolves, Rome Woods of England. Lastly, you were right. I believe it would be very hard for Bigfoot to remain hidden in the UK. There are caves, but not that many. Wooded areas are sparse. The only place which could conceivably be home to a Bigfoot is Scotland. Mark is right, as north as you can get in the British Isles and where the Finding Bigfoot crew ended their British Bigfoot episode. But I'm very skeptical about it. And then he links us to another article, which is mysteriousbritain.co.uk about the great man of Ben McDougie, (laughs) (laughs) which sounds sounds pretty amazing. It does. Um, I'm going to read all these articles, too. George, uh, terribly sorry, I haven't got to them yet. Oh, and and one more thing, um, I'm not going to play it, but Phil, who kicked off the last episode, also sent us a second and possibly a third voicemail um, talking more about his opinions on Bigfoot in the UK. I have to tell you, Phil, um, when I first got those, I was at work that day at my desk job, and I noticed them come through and completely forgot to listen to the to the voicemails. And I did read your Facebook messages, which I, I actually might be able to pull up a couple of Facebook messages here too. So why don't you go ahead and read the uh, Andy's email
1: and then okay. I'll try to pull up these Facebook messages that I know we got. All right. Andy writes, I've been interested in Bigfoot for a long time, particularly since 1999 when I read John Napier's book, Bigfoot. I'm British and have lived in Scotland for the past 20 years when I lived in England, I was living on farms in rural areas. I now live in a rural area of central Scotland. I'm an ecological surveyor, and for the past 15 years, I've been surveying in, camping in, holidaying in, and generally walking around some of the most remote hill and forest land in the UK. My area of expertise is birds, but I also have a good knowledge and field experience of British wildlife in general. One thing that birding for an interest in a job gives you, and is indeed essential, is a well-honed ability to observe and understand what you are observing, often gathering vital information in a very short period of time. Observation is not limited to visual cues. When bird surveying, particularly in dense habitats, most identification is done by songs and calls. Some mammal sign is found by smell. I wanted to particularly address the idea of a biological entity in some way like a Bigfoot living in the UK. I thought you were absolutely correct when you said that there just isn't enough continuous habitat. Since I am writing this as an immediate reaction to the episode, I haven't yet researched any hard facts, but it is self-evident that the density of people and associated infrastructure, especially roads in the U.K., is far higher than in the U.S. The chances of a Bigfoot-type creature living undetected in the U.K. are zero. I can think of myself and just a few people I know who do the same job as me who have 50-plus years of experience in the wilder parts of the U.K., who have never seen, heard, or found any evidence whatsoever of anything like that in the U.K. They are not here. I actually feel a little sorry for the guys who are out looking for Bigfoot in the U.K. Even if I pointed them in the direction of some fairly decent-sized forest rather than the small woods they seem to be focusing on, they still wouldn't see anything. What I do find interesting is how the idea of Bigfoot has transferred from the U.S. to the U.K., Already, there are claims of sightings and evidence in the UK, and I imagine it will continue to grow, despite the fact there isn't anything to find. It reflects something in the human psyche that is worth further exploration. I think that relates to what you also talked about, namely the idea of the wild man and green man, something I plan to research further. You also mentioned black cats in the UK. This is something different, and something I firmly believe does occur in the UK, Events and a sighting in one particular area a few of us visited are 100 percent dependable and I have found possible evidence myself in a different area. The difference with Bigfoot is that big cats are not unknown animals. The UK reports probably refer to a few species leopard, puma, and lynx. There are also reports and indeed roadkill of smaller exotic cat species. There's also very viable route for them to be in the UK. In 1976 the UK brought into law the Dangerous Wild Animals Act as a response to the keeping of various animal species as pets. A license was required for a fee as well as liability insurance. Many owners didn't want to or couldn't pay and released their animals into the wild rather than have them destroyed. People have since admitted they released large cats into the wild. It should be noted that not all big cats reported in the UK are black. Anyway, there's a lot more to this story.
0: Um, we, we, we got a uh, message on Facebook from another Andy who talks pretty much about the exact same things. I, hmm. I don't know if it's the same guy. I don't think so. But he's okay. literally hitting all the same talking points. So I'll just kind of run through this real quick. He says, okay. as a Brit and inhabitant of the UK, I think I can quite safely say that there are no BFs over here. None whatsoever. Not a zilch. None at all. As you mentioned in this week's episode, there are numerous references to wild men and the like that supposedly roamed these islands and the rest of Europe many centuries ago, so perhaps the current sightings are some sort of cultural echo from the dim and distant past. Regarding woodlands over here, there has been massive deforestation over the years, and areas like Sherwood Forest have shrunk dramatically. 1,000 acres today, but 100,000 acres 800 years ago. Other forests have suffered similarly. You also mentioned sightings of big black cats, These are far more likely to be a thing. There are often reports of ABCs in the UK, and especially in the far north of the country in Scotland. I'm English, but I live on the west coast of Scotland, and to give you an idea of population numbers, the population of the greater London area is approximately 10 million, but the population of the whole of Scotland is just 5 million. There are large expanses in relative terms of wilderness up here, which could quite easily hide big felines. In fact, I know three people who all claim to have had sightings of -of out-of-place wildcats in the countryside around where I live. One of them, the midwife who delivered our daughter, spotted one whilst out walking her Irish setters. The dogs didn't notice the cat, which was a few hundred meters away, but its size alarmed the midwife so much that she quickly put them on their leashes and dragged them quickly away. Another saw a puma-like animal run across the road one morning as he was driving his van down a road toward a castle. Somehow this sounds utterly fitting. That's true, <laughs> it really does. He goes on to talk about that uh, Dangerous and Wild Animals Act, which you already mentioned, and uh, a little bit more about the the black cats. I'm trying to see if there was any other. There was so Phil apparently sent us an email that, like I said, he sent us a voicemail that was really got into um, what he thinks of the the more on this subject and he i'm sure it's like 18 minutes long or something so i haven't i again i just haven't got to it yet but i will and if we do a part three i'll try to play some of it on air um i'm just trying to see if he said anything that i could automatically read on the show um as far as the subject goes but i i don't see anything so let's go back to the letters um we have Two others that don't pertain to this. Do we want to wrap up at all on the show about UK Bigfoot or just once again add the disclaimer that none of these opinions are ours? They were merely listeners who wrote in to the show about this
1: UK right. thing. So There are a few other uh, UK letters, okay. actually, I've if got you it. want to get into that. Yeah. Tell me okay. where
0: I'm missing them.
1: Um. Well... This is someone who would like to be referred to as Max's dad.
0: Okay. Read it, because I don't have it in
1: front okay. of me. Well, he provides a link, first of all, Ape of Salisbury Plain Training Ground, and says, Take a look at this. I happen to live near this area. Make of it what you will. There's another sighting on this site from Knocker Hill Bath. There are, in fact, historical accounts if you look hard enough. Cannock Chase has a number of cryptid sightings, including a number of Dogman sightings. Forests are tiny in comparison with the U.S., however, most forests are joined by tracts of farmland. The U.K. actually has vast numbers of black cat sightings, including one of a lioness made by two police officers near Bristol Airport. I owned a property in Somerset where I've found footprints and kills that really can't be attributed to anything other than a big cat. There's a research group in South... There is a research group in South who are capturing some interesting FLIR and audio footage. They are currently extremely secretive in their approach, but so far have gained the interest of a few known figures in the U.S. Bigfoot community and are currently awaiting results of some hair finds. I'm of the opinion that the U.K. is too small to contain a population of unknown hominids. However, I feel it's important to maintain an open mind. And there is a follow-up by the same writer says, apologies for the abrupt, badly written earlier message. I was listening at work and trying to not only hide the fact that I was being paid to listen to your show, but also frantically type responses on my tiny iPhone keyboard. Hey, we've all been there, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I hope you got the gist of my points, and yet more apologies for being so purposefully, ba- purposefully vague when referencing the research group I've had some experience with. The only thing I can say for sure is something very irregular is occurring in the area of interest with certain finds mirroring those in the U.S. Again, I want to say I'm in no way proclaiming Bigfoot is present in the U.K., though were the research area in the U.S. it would likely have been invaded by mindless quote-unquote experts with dubious names and in the company of extensive production (laughs) crews in the hopeless effort of finding Bigfoot. Anyway, should anything interesting play out, I will be in touch. Max's dad.
0: Nice. Um, I don't know why I don't have that email in front of me. I'm, I'm hmm. trying to find it. What 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 else do we have? Is that the only one? I believe so. Okay. All right. So, so there we have it. And if you're a pro Bigfoot in the UK person, please uh, send along your thoughts on the subject and why you believe they could be there. Um, for the most part, everyone who contacted us was a little more on the skeptical side, so I wouldn't mind hearing from someone who's pro-Bigfoot in the UK. Again, I love the idea of there being a Bigfoot, you know, over there. I think that's cool. I think it would be fascinating. What do
1: you make of the, you know, in a couple of those uh, separate emails, there was a reference to dogmen and sort of occupying the same... If I'm reading that correctly, the occupying the same general area as where Bigfoot is being allegedly cited. Um any thoughts on that?
0: No, not really. <laughs> 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 well, I'm still so uh confused by the dogman thing. Although I would be much more likely to believe dogman citing reports that are taking place uh in Europe uh <laughs> than I would than I would hear just because you know come on american werewolf in london is is one of the greatest movies ever made <laughs> i don't think there's any denying that and uh hound of the baskervilles and all that so it's it, it's yeah. at least got a history but yeah no i don't i don't have an opinion because it like that starts to run into to me that starts to run into the same stuff as like you know big cats hanging out with bigfoot on the back mm-hmm. of a hill in southeastern Ohio. No, where, where do you get that stuff from? Know, some, <laughs> some, goofy, some goofy nonsense. No, I, I don't know what to make of that stuff. I never know. Why? What do you think?
1: Well, I just I find it increasingly strange and fascinating that dogmen are considered cryptids. Because I just don't... You know, in the same way that Bigfoot is considered a cryptid, And I know this is this is getting really crazy perhaps, but I don't I find Bigfoot much more plausible as a flesh and blood cryptid, undiscovered creature than I do a upright walking dog Dog. man.
0: Yeah.
1: See I I, bad. No,
0: (laughs) in my opinion and Again, just like I, I hate to have to do this now. Every time we talk about any subject on the show, for fear that someone's going to get angry at me for saying something. But you're, if you're listening to the show, understand that anything we say is simply an opinion. We are not hoisting our thoughts upon you. You know, if if it's a problem, get your own show. Do do, do your own pro mm-hmm. bigfoot in the UK, pro dogman show. But anyway, um, with me, I I've always felt like the dogman encounters seem like a one of two things it's either some sort of bizarre supernatural thing or it's a it's a misidentification of you know a wolf or something large i've the the weird thing about dog man sightings are the people who talk about how they see them running on two feet and then fall down to all fours and take off to me that sounds like you could have easily misinterpreted a dog leaping through the air or you know just seen something that wasn't there um and misinterpreted what you were seeing and i've heard i've heard um oh shoot i can't believe i just blanked on her name she's been on her show you, linda Godfrey. linda yes i've heard linda talk about um about this thing on other shows where she talked about the misidentification of those what are they called coy wolves or the big the big mothers the big freaking huge yeah, yeah. she's talked about yeah. that before in other interviews that i've heard her her give on how she does think that that's true like some of the some of these sightings are misidentification of those i, I think especially if you're talking a quadruped you've got to be you've got to keep the animal that is actually known to science in in the forefront instead of leaping too well That giant wolf running away might actually be a Mm man-wolf. It just seems like a leap to me. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. Possibly because they don't exist. Um, (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, I'm sure they're out there. Um, They don't exist. (laughs) But anyway, um, we have more emails, and we again, we had a lot of people chime in on this, so obviously people have things to say about the UK Bigfoot. Um, we got a letter, I just want to briefly mention this. We got a letter from Jarrett, uh, I'm not going to give his last name because I'm not sure you wanted to. Jarrett wrote an article for a skeptical magazine called The Skeptic. I, I think this is out of Australia, if I remember right. Um, but it's titled, the article he wrote is titled thought he had it in this message why bigfoot why belief in bigfoot persists in the information age Uh, oh it's a man-made uh why believe but why belief in bigfoot persists in the information age so i need to read this i started it at work (laughs) and uh didn't get all the way through it so i need to go back and revisit it it seemed interesting to me obviously um you know he's it's coming down more on the skeptical side of things when it comes to Bigfoot. And he's talking more about the culture, I think, from what I could see of it, anyway, um, behind it. Did I forward
1: you this email? I saw... Did he interact on Facebook? Yes. I think I saw the interaction, but not the actual article. I
0: will forward it to you right now while we're talking, so I remember to do this. Okay. Um, But we got... Yeah, we had Facebook messages, Facebook comments, um, all sorts of stuff. So, And, and we're going to get to all this stuff, including Phil. I hate because I know Phil sent in a lot of stuff, and he has very strong opinions on this, obviously, and I don't want him to think we're just passing him over. But I just didn't have a ton of time this past week to go through all the letters and things that were coming in. But we want to switch gears here because we have other letters coming in, and then we're going to talk a little bit about you know life stuff and Christmas and that sort of thing. Um uh okay do we want to broach this Bigfoot Born Again Bigfoot letter um, which I that's just saw almost
1: its own okay episode I feel like all right I don't I don't want to you know not talk about it but right. I think it we could really get going on a lot of the points that are brought up there. Yeah, he did. We got a
0: we got an email that talks about Christianity and Bigfoot. So, and this is something Mark and I have gone back and forth on before on whether or not we should talk about it. Uh, not whether or not we should talk about it, but how to how to talk about it and that sort of thing. Because uh, we're both Christians, so we obviously have strong opinions one way or the other. And yes, actually, to to answer one of the questions at least in this email, Mark is a legit reverend. So,
1: legit. Yeah. Legit, internet yep. certificate of <laughs> ordination. No, really. Yeah, I've, since 1998. I've yeah, been and, in the pastoral office.
0: Yeah, and I've uh, I used to I used to preach at nursing homes. So, <laughs> so that's that's true. Uh, so yeah, we're legit. You should
1: Start again, or yeah. have you stopped? You said you used to. Yeah, I did. I, didn't I know did that. Yeah, we could
0: we could have talks about that. I used to do um hospice more <laughs> like the honestly it was like the hospice wing at wow. the nursing home out in Alliance uh every Sunday afternoon, but I don't you know we moved and I don't go to the same church, mm. so it's like completely different ministry at the church here. Anyway, we're really getting off topic. Um <laughs> we got another email from Scott uh Scott, he sent in a letter today said, "Hey Seth, love the show. I'm not sure if you've read the book The Long Walk by Sl- That's all you. <laughs> the Long Walk by Slavomir Rawicz.
1: Yeah. You know there's some other way to say it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, but thought you might find this interesting. There's also a movie, uh, The Way Back, based on the true life accounts, but the movie never touches on the experiences the men had during their 4,000-mile walk from Siberia to India. The book is a real-life account of an escape from the Russian gulags. The following is from the book... When they're in the Himalayas and the strange animals they discovered. Now I've I was aware of this book. I'm not going to read the the pages you sent, but um, basically there was a, a group that escaped a Russian gulag and supposedly encountered uh, Bigfoots essentially in the forest, which is kind of this is this is the type of thing that. Um, I would be, I need to do some research here because I don't know if the guy that wrote this ever talked about it as far as like, yeah, this wasn't like some sort of metaphor or whatever. Um, if it's, if it's legitimate, I mean, why, first of all, why would you make that part of the story up? (laughs) I mean, it's, it sounds like a very straightforward book about, you know, a a very trying incident and to just throw in some Bigfoots doesn't make a ton of sense. (laughs) No. Um, you know, in such a serious book. Uh, so I definitely want to look into this. I don't think that is included in the movie, but uh, definitely an interesting story there. So um, what can we talk about? We got like 25 minutes to kill if we want to or we can wrap up. So what I did want to ask you is uh, Christmas is coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you getting anything Bigfoot related for Christmas?
1: Am I getting anything Bigfoot related? Hmm. Did you ask for anything? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> I have, you know, I maintain pretty much year round one of those Amazon wish list books. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, well, and there's everything on it, but um, let me, I'll pull it up here.
0: Yeah, I want to know because I'm. See, uh-huh. I'm. I'm. I didn't. I didn't ask for anything other really? than uh, Scott Harriet's uh, Bigfoot documentaries. The squatching. Oh, journey yeah. to squatching them. Yeah, uh,
1: that's so that's pretty awesome. much it
0: uh, for me. Anything Bigfoot that comes up throughout the year, I typically will buy. Like if it's something I want, mm-hmm. I just buy it. So I don't usually right. wait on some of this stuff. Yeah, uh, me and there too. isn't a ton of Bigfoot related stuff that I get into anymore. So I don't know why that is. I think it's you know what? I think it's because I know what I like and there isn't a lot of what I yeah. like out there. So. Well you're you're making
1: it is kind of the thing. <laughs> as a as a outside observer, I think you're making the type of stuff you want to see, which is cool. Well, here's one that I is on my list and I'm hopeful. It's Tom Powell's newest book. Mm-hmm called edges of science and it's not strictly a bigfoot book i think he gets more into his own sort of personal philosophy of where science and weirdness meet but i would definitely like to read that book
0: now we talked about powell on last week's episode did you listen to that episode at all Oh yeah,
1: yeah, I did. Okay,
0: because I I know you're a fan, and mm-hmm. Clint wanted to talk about it, and I was
1: like, yeah, yeah. I've got the. And wrong he guy. quoted that whole anecdotal, the Bigfoot in the fire thing. Mm-hmm. Now we had is- a we had a
0: question from a listener, and I think it was in the, um, in the comments on the black helicopter episode. Someone asked what ended up happening, ah. with that story yeah. so maybe you can tell us that
1: well and the story that was as it's told the the bigfoot was taken away on a stretcher by some shadowy government agency mm-hmm. and was never you know that's it the the person who related the story was doing so with tom powell via email and that's really all that he gave Powell was that and I think there was some contact after that story was shared but it sort of petered off so that's kind of how it was left but you know they sort of checked out the Bigfoot and it was still alive when it was put into the back of this truck and was spirited away and that's really how the story ends. Does Tom say in the book like what he thought of
0: the informant or like is this did this all come to him through email <laughs> or, or how did this all come
1: about? Yeah, it was all via email. Okay. I believe through BFRO.
0: Did it did that's, he say if he. Oh, that's right. OK, Clinton. And I talked about that. OK, mm-hmm.
1: now I'm remembering. All right. So um, at that time he was tied in with them. I don't think that's the case anymore. I may be wrong, but. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the that was the means of communication of this story was email. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Um. So Tom Powell's book, Edges of Science. Yeah. Okay. What else? Yep. See uh, it, if if I can real quick. The only thing related to looking for Bigfoot that I asked for this year, and I'm about a thousand percent sure I'm not getting it, but I asked for a. Um, A uh, camcorder that has like night vision because that is one thing that we don't have on the latest Small Town Monsters movies any kind of night and I, as a film guy I hate night vision Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not even really a fan of I I don't know that I want that in a Small Town Monsters movie but to have on the special features would be cool I know we had it in Minerva I personally hate that I'm not a big fan of the night vision shots I think it takes Mm -hmm. it out of the movie and all of a sudden our movies are very specifically geared at like trying to put you in that place and like you're you're living that story that is being told and I think when you get like night vision on screen all of a sudden it becomes like finding Bigfoot or more of a it's just a different type of feel I guess like there's nothing like that in Whitehall but if I could get a a7s two which is this amazing low light camera um, which we're I think we're running for Boggy Creek but that that should get us away from night vision. While still being able to take incredibly low light shots, this thing has like insane ISO. Look up, look up night Look, look up tests on YouTube of the A7S II. It's it's crazy mm-hmm. how good this thing shoots in low light. I mean, it it almost turns if you get in a place where it has at least a moderate like like moonlight, it becomes like daytime on hmm. camera. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we could do something like that, and then I just saw Canon is producing a camera that can literally shoot in the dark, like just no light boom you're it,
1: without it being night vision
0: yeah so that's awesome um but yeah, yeah that's asked,
1: become a cliche at this point i think it's safe to say yeah Do i just don't avoid that I'm i sure d- i don't
0: like the way it looks but i think for for like behind the scenes it would be really cool and then just for having out there with us obviously you know to film around it is fun to shoot with with that stuff i mean i mm-hmm. i still would like to get a uh a, mon- a monocle or like a night vision monocle or something like that. They're, they're cool to have, even though I still, f- I find that I can barely see anything through them.
1: <laughs> but what else? Well, this is just sort of a tangent to Bigfoot, but I do have, you know, those images of America book series, like really old photographs and yes. postcards and stuff. Yeah. There's a Salt Fort State Park version of that. Wow. That I have asked for. So we'll see if that comes through. And it's really interesting because it gets into like the history of the building of the dam that makes all of the water in that park possible. Yeah. And I don't know that it has any Bigfoot related stuff in there, but I was sort of hopeful that there might be some names in there of people who would be instrumental in the building of the, the dam and so forth that someone could potentially talk to sometime yeah if someone were to want to yeah cover that area i would
0: someday i'll have to do something about that area i don't know if i've ever told you this but um uh my wife's grandpa owns a cabin have i told you this like right Mm -mm. down yeah right outside of salt fork like maybe i think he's on the other side of cambridge though but um He is out in the middle of nowhere, and he owns 50 acres back in the woods. You have to drive like half a mile up his driveway just to get Uh to his uh, cabin in the middle of nowhere. And he's got his own. He just had a huge pond put in. Um, I mean, if you want like a prime private real estate to go look for Bigfoot, this is right in the middle of the Sasquatch Triangle. Yeah. It it looks pretty awesome. Um, So I might have to go down there at some point and set up camp for a a (laughs) night or something because – um, he he has told me that he has heard unusual things about there down there, but he is not a uh, he's not a Bigfoot guy. Hmm. Um, but he he owns this property right outside of Salt Fork.
1: So, what did he mean by unusual sounds? Did screams, he, like he's he's really? not a
0: Bigfoot believer, but he's heard things that sound like the Ohio howl. Hmm. So, and I don't even know if we've talked about. I think originally when he told me that we were talking about the Wayne National Forest. Um, because he hunts down there a lot. I don't think Mm -hmm. anymore now that he has this land down near South Fork, but he used to hunt at Wayne National Forest a lot and and definitely heard things that sounded like, you know, the Ohio Howl, but he is extremely skeptical because he's never seen anything. So he's got Hmm. all the same questions I do. Like, why don't we have a body, et cetera. Right. (laughs) All the typical stuff drives everyone insane. (laughs) <laughs> but oh. he's heard
1: stuff though. That's pretty cool. Yeah, he said I he, guess. I mean, it might be terrifying, actually. But. Yeah. Well, um, here's another book. It's not on my list because I have it, but mm-hmm. I I don't know if I've ever asked you if you have this book. It's the Bigfoot Filmography by David Coleman. David Coleman.
0: There? I love. Um, I don't think he has any clue who I am, but his. Uh, I'm friends with him on Facebook, and he's just. He seems like he's into the same stuff we are, um, yeah. and he has like kind of his own. Um, I don't know if he still does, but I know he had like basically his own TV network going with like B movies and that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, so I do. I'm extremely aware of Bigfoot filmography, and he is a man who I need to speak to. Maybe we need to have him on the show or something if we can, because um, he's yeah. His interests seem to run parallel to ours.
1: Yeah, and that book is just massive and so much fun to read. And I'm really glad that there's a Kindle version because mm-hmm. a little more in my price ballpark too. But yeah, great read. It was really fun.
0: Um, suggestions for me for Christmas gifts for people. Uh, we talk about it a lot on the show actually, but that Bigfoot, uh, true story of apes in America by Lauren Coleman is, uh, one of my favorite Bigfoot related books. Um, John Green, anything by John Green seems like it's pretty, pretty fantastic. Um, the, that, Apes in America is a great book, but the, uh, the one that you got me hooked on that I started reading and then ended up not reading, and now I've picked it up in the last couple of months, and I've been reading it. In It's weird. It's like one of these books where now that I'm reading it this way, all of a sudden it connect, I connected with it. It's um, Mysterious America. Is that what it's called?
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah.
0: I'm just picking up, like I'll pick it up randomly and and flip to a certain spot in the book, and then I'll just read about this one thing. And now I'm like completely hooked. Like I I, I mm-hmm. am getting a ton out of it. Um, and and then obviously we always had to plug uh, Lyle's books because Lizard Man and Beast of Boggy Creek are fantastic reads. And um, anyone that's looking for like you know fun reads about this stuff, the, those are two big ones
1: yeah and they're well-written books too yeah i mean i know that doesn't matter to everybody but it sure is nice to you know read a, a well-edited and thoughtful and spell-checked spell-checked book yeah yeah um, verb tenses are all right you know
0: yeah. you'll get that yeah. with lauren you will get that with lyle and you'll get mm-hmm. the, there's there's specific people here you're not a lot of that has to do with self-publishing and i understand the limitations of self-publishing publishing i have a harder time i have a harder time coming down too hard on people anymore that create any kind of work um even if it because you and i have talked a lot about about this on the show and like i understand that people do need to be aware of this especially authors like spell checking your work yeah. editing your work even if that means bringing in someone to help you edit it for free or whatever you know like if if you can't afford an editor get your wife to <laughs> double read the book, yeah. or something like right. Um, but I uh, I do understand the limitations. Like making movies now, I understand the limitations of what people are dealing with on their own. Like mm-hmm. if you're trying to self-publish and all that kind of stuff. Um, uh,
1: it all depends how seriously you want to be taken. Yep. You know what I mean. I, that's kind of the bottom line. I think. Yeah. And, uh, so but Mark, I, I hear what you're saying, though.
0: You watched a rough cut. Of uh, of Beast of Whitehall Not to put you on the spot But Yeah um, uh, Just real quick Good or bad Oh good Okay That's it
1: It it is I think Now this again This is my opinion I think that it's more of What you wanted to Set out to accomplish With small town monsters Mm -hmm. In that it's About the monster But it's also about The small town In which uh, These weird things happened And you definitely get a sense of Whitehall and upstate New York in this. Awesome,
0: that's very exciting. I don't. It it it's crazy. Like when you do this stuff, um, there's this nerve wracking month between when you. I guess it's longer than a month, but there's this nerve wracking period of time between when you have finished shooting the movie and and have actually got some sort of edit together. And then you start showing it to people, like just to get some feedback. And we didn't do that with Minerva, but I'm doing that with this. And it's nerve wracking because some of the people take this really seriously. Like I've shown it to maybe five people, um, and they're all film guys, and you know, like guys who have experience with making movies. And and then you, uh, and <laughs> but 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 see, like the thing about you is I trust your opinion. Um, as far as like someone from who has an interest in the subject, like I want to hear what you think about it too. So, the other guys are almost all non-bigfooters, other than one off the top of my head. Adam saw it too, um, but the other guys were all, you know, non-bigfoot people, people who don't have an interest in bigfoot. Um, and and you have this period of time where you give them the link and you're like, hey, I'd like to hear some feedback on this. And then when they actually start giving you feedback, because the guys I gave it to took it really seriously. Like mm-hmm. they did notes, they went through, you know, and studiously watched the movie and a couple times in some cases, multiple times in some cases, and then give me feedback on it. So there's this like really nerve-wracking period of time when you're waiting to hear back from them on what they think of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's exciting when I hear that you actually enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, and was, there's was this funny emotional reaction because Sue and Andy watched it with me, mm-hmm. and when you see the the town, the sign that, you know, the welcome to Whitehall. Yeah. We just sort of spontaneously cheered when we saw that (laughs) because we've been hearing about Whitehall for so long. It's like, yes, we're finally there, you know, through this film. And that that just continues through the whole thing. You're like, oh, this is really cool. Gosh. I'd love to go see it, you know. I'd love to go there just to be there. Not necessarily to hunt Bigfoot, but just to sort of... Be in that whole uh, cultural vibe.
0: Well, the the other thing that's awesome too is you watched it without Brandon's score, like his original score, over the most over you know for the most part, and that will add a just another level to the thing overall. I mean, I feel like with Minerva, Brandon's score adds like half of the my enjoyment of Minerva comes from. Branded's music because it's not mm-hmm. anything I had to do with. It was all original on his part and just bringing this mood and everything to that movie. So, but our our listeners hate when we talk about Small Town Monsters. So we ha- we had to move on to uh, shutting down the show for the day and, yeah. <laughs> and telling everyone uh, we will be back. Beginning of 2016, um, we have big things planned for January. Obviously, um, we're gonna have a couple guests on at least. Um, and I don't want to tease too much, but, um, Lyle's coming on at some point, but, um, we'll try to have a couple more people on and kind of do a, you know, that the January should be big. It's the start of 2016, start of new year. It's the what? Second, third, third year of SAS. What? Mm-hmm. Is that
1: true? Third? It's the third year in which it's existed. Yeah.
0: Okay. So it's not quite like a three-year anniversary, but it'll no. been the third year it's been around. So, yeah. if you're listening to the show and and you've been enjoying it and everything, thank you so much. And um, even to everyone who leaves comments on the on the page, I'm if if you leave negative comments, and I complain about it on the show, don't take me too seriously. I'm a very crotchety old man. I don't mind if people um, mock my grumpiness online it really doesn't bother me but i really am i mean people refer to me friends regularly refer to me as old man breed love. so just think as, of me as like uh uncle scrooge or something but um hmm. yeah thanks to everyone that listens and comments and actually cares what you know what goes on on the show i don't know that everyone cares what we have to say but they care you know enough to comment and stuff so if you do have opinions again on on this uk bigfoot thing please feel free to comment and um or send us an email, and, and we'll read it whenever we revisit that topic. Um, but uh, for myself, I'm going to let Mark sign us out, as he always does. But uh, for myself, I uh, just wanted to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Um, and thank you for tuning in to the show for another year. That's really exciting, and it's going to be a big year ahead of us. Thank you to Wadsworth Community Radio for continuing to carry the show. I've heard positive feedback pretty much from all over town as far as like people listening to the show and stuff. So really locally. Yeah, yeah, we do have, we do have some local listeners. So people that have just found us through that. So, um, so that's been exciting. Thanks to WCR 97.1 FM for listening. If you're in my hometown, hopefully we bump into each other. You can high five me or something. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I'm going to let Mark wrap up the show. For this week, and then we should be back in 2016, right at the beginning of 2016. So again, Merry
1: Christmas, Happy New Year, and and all that stuff. Mark, I just want to echo what Seth said. Um, Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy New Year. Um, thank you to everybody who listens and who has taken the time to send in emails and hit us up on the Facebook site and the page. Uh, it's really, I think, I mean, being involved with this has exceeded my expectations in just about every way. I mean, I, the fact that there's people listening overseas and throughout the country and what they hear inspires them to write to us, uh, that's amazing. That's just crazy. And is really a lot of fun. It's just fun to talk about this stuff and to try and Get to the bottom of it, but also uh, just to enjoy the process itself. So, thank you, and uh, we'll see you in the new year.
0: Join the conversation at facebook.com slash sasswatt. Find us on Twitter by using the hashtag sasswhat, or you can find me on Twitter at Seth Breeds Love. Mark Matsky is on Twitter at Reverend Matsky. Send your letters to sasswattmail at gmail.com and leave us a rating and review on iTunes.